live from the Flannel Beaver Studios in Northern Ontario, Canada. It is the SWC Plus Roundtable. Welcome to another awesome episode. This time we're changing things up. Normally I have a bunch of people on a Zoom meeting and we all discuss or chat Star Wars or do a, uh, one of the Star Wars film retrospectives. But today I have a nice one-on-one quick conversation with Mr. Positivity himself, Neil Lowry. Followed by another one-on-one conversation with Mr. DC himself, Matt Salvatore, and we talk about the Justice League, the Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League that came out on HBO Max. So this is where we're going to flex that plus in the SWC+, plus, which I stole from Disney, <laughs> um, for the first time, where we're going to, you know, it's this is a Star Wars podcast, but we're, you know, we love all things nerd, so, you know, it's a chance to chat. Also, don't forget, if you were listening to this on the Talk Star Wars feed, be sure to subscribe to the SWC Plus Roundtable feed. We're everywhere, Spotify, um, uh, we, we, on Podbean, or Apple, everywhere, you know, Stitcher, everywhere you can get a podcast, we, we're there. And if we're not on your favorite podcast app, be sure to DM me and uh, let me know, and I'll be sure to get the show up there. Also, uh, as a bonus... The Showrunners podcast is also on that feed. So if you're not hearing that, be sure to subscribe to SWC Plus Roundtable because the Showrunner podcast is myself with Kyle from the Tumbling Saber podcast, Tim from the Nerd Room podcast, and Mr. Mark Godsiff himself, formerly of Talk Star Wars. He's back at the podcast mic. So you have to listen to that. So be sure to subscribe to SWC Plus Roundtable. So without further ado... Here's my conversation with Mr. Neil Lowry. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're uh, I'm sitting down over Zoom talking with uh, Mr. Positivity himself, uh, the great Neil Lowry. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing fine, thank you, Robert. And uh, where where am I talking to you from? I'm in Northern Ontario, Canada. Where where's where are you about? I'm in Southern UK, near oh. London. Oh, there we go. So yeah, so we're, I really appreciate you being able to do this because we're five hours apart. This is your Sunday evening. Yes. Where you should be relaxing. But do do you (laughs) mind talking a little bit of Star Wars this evening? Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Excellent. So um, first question, um, the rare thing, a lot of people that come on the round table, we've actually met face to face. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, in Chicago. So this is this is it was a real treat to it's when you hear people and I see you on Twitter and then uh your you have your your podcast. It was at the Cloud Car Copilot. Yeah. Yeah, so so you hear people people are in your ears all the time, but it's really neat when you get to finally shake someone's hand and see somebody in person. So it is uh it's it, you know it just adds a little something extra. So Neil, uh, first question, Star Wars, we all love it, but uh, how did you get into, what was your introduction to Star Wars? It was a couple of ways. I, I saw the novel of the movie in a bookstore in my local town where I lived. I think I picked it up uh, and read it before the movie. Uh, the movie didn't come out, actually come out till probably spring 78 for me, probably late spring. Uh, so I had seen... As I said, the book, and there had been a couple of spots on TV for it. That was right. it, really. That's how I got introduced, and I was looking forward to it. Oh, so, okay. So in the UK, I guess, um, it's not like 
today where where a global release is everywhere all at once. This is so in 77, as listeners to the roundtable know, I saw new, the, the first Star Wars in 1977 at a drive-in with my parents. So anybody playing the roundtable drinking game, you can go ahead and have a drink. <laughs> but, but you, uh, so you had to wait a little bit. So was there, uh, yeah. I guess that must have, there must have been quite a, especially you read the book. So yeah. there, must, there must have been a huge anticipation to finally see this thing. Well, definitely, yeah, yeah. It's really looking forward to it. Excellent. Okay, so, and as the years go on, um, another thing I want, uh, you're really, really connected with the, with the Star Wars community. And you, you spearheaded this thing. You started your, it's a, I want to say movement, like your positivity movement. How did that? How did that start? Completely by accident, really, because I think I joined Twitter in 2012, and I probably didn't start all my positivity until probably about two or three years later. You know, I was didn't really know many people on Twitter. I'm just sort of lurking a bit, really, just following mm-hmm. people. Uh, gradually, I decided, you know, just get my voice out there or get on Twitter and start promoting Star Wars in a positive way. And suddenly grew from there, which I'm very pleased about. Yeah, that's fantastic. And again, you were, it was, it was before. And, and again, we don't, this is a, the round table is a positive safe space because this is for people that love Star Wars. So, you know, and everybody's allowed to have their opinions and their favorite movies and everything else. But um, it, Star Wars, the community, it took a turn for a little while, and but you had this this message already there. Yeah, it was a it was a bit difficult after the last Jedi because I think things turned a bit yeah very negative during that time. But I think I actually had to get through that, and gradually, you know, we all get to our high points, you know, like, like the Mandalorian and that, and you know where the community can come together and enjoy Star Wars as a whole. And yeah, I think. We see more of that, really. Fantastic. Okay, so um, my next question is: um, You've been to a celebration. Now that's a big. If Chicago to the UK, that's a big, quite a trip. That was my first US one. I've been to all the Europe ones. Oh, excellent! So in your, I'm looking forward. I went to, you know, Mark Godseff from Talk Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. He talked me into going to Orlando, and I've never been to a celebration before, and now I'm hooked because <laughs> I went to Chicago and I'm going to Anaheim. So he was, uh, I so I didn't get a chance to go to the London one because I wasn't so, I wasn't a content creator. I was a fan, but I wasn't, you know, doing podcasts and stuff. So I'm really looking forward. Hopefully, London gets another one because I want to go to the UK. It, it'd be really exciting for me because then I get to go drive on the other side of the road. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully looking forward to it coming to London in the next few years. Hopefully it does. Yeah, absolutely. So even even though you took uh, the plane ride across the pond here, would you, even if it's a bucket list thing, and again, it's, it you know, the celebrations, they cost a lot, but would you recommend people at least getting to one in their lifetime? Oh, definitely. It's a... It's an experience. It's uh, it's all the positivity in Star Wars, you know, that you could probably hope for. You know, you, you're not going to find any, you know, like negativity in it. You just people coming together in one event, you know, just 
following their love of Star Wars. It's just, you know, and there's plenty of things to do, you know. It's just it's certainly a once-in-a-lifetime or, you know, event to go to, you know. Definitely recommend it. Absolutely. And also, too, we get to put some, some uh, we get to have real face-to-face conversations with people we see on Twitter from all around the world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and there's nothing there's nothing quite like being in a room, whether you're watching the live feed or you're actually lucky enough to get into the panels where you're watching a trailer for a new movie with everybody so excited. Like when that Rise of Skywalker trailer hit in Chicago, oh my goodness, that was... Yeah, that's certainly something, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that was incredible. So um, next question, I guess our... Any plans of going to Anaheim in a couple of years? I didn't. I wasn't able to get tickets. Uh, I've. I haven't really got any plans to do it, but you know, or if, as Yoda says, uh, things are always in motion. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And and from what I hear, if you weren't able to get tickets the first time, because I was able to get my passes, and then the first time, and then I got an email once it was canceled or postponed from 2020 to 2022. They asked, they said, they got an email. If I wanted to hold on to my passes for 2022, I didn't have to do anything. If I wanted a yeah. refund, and that's perfectly fine too, then I would have had to. Then I would have to reply to the email. So apparently, there's a bunch of passes they have because there's people that just had to cancel. And again, because of this pandemic, everybody's situation has changed. So keep your ear to the ground. You're going to have a few more months, I'm sure, but there's going to be another another crop of passes coming up online. And legitimately, not through eBay, like you can go to StarWarsCelebration.com and hopefully, yeah. you know, I mean, so hey, you, you never know. It's uh, Yeah, I'll certainly keep it in mind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, um... Now we got a whole lot of Star Wars coming up <laughs> in the next <laughs> little bit. Um, we got obviously season three of the, uh, the Mandalorian. Um, we, we there's a whole bunch of the, the Bad Batch is coming out in a couple weeks. Is uh, what are you looking forward to the most? If you if you like what what's really I know it's Star Wars, so we're happy. It's all we're getting it all. But what's is it Kenobi? Is it Ahsoka? Is it Kenobi and uh, Andor? Yeah. Um. Uh, can, any uh, any predictions on on Kenobi? Like Hayden Christensen's attached to the project, so seeing the cast of it, it certainly looks like a great cast of it. Uh, I haven't really got any predictions. I just let it, you know, let it come out and enjoy it. You know, I'm not really a predictor of things. You know, Star Wars. I just, you know, give it to me and I enjoy it. Excellent. And uh, and when they when the streaming stuff comes out, like Mandalorian. Myself personally, I really like um, how they have an episode once a week. That way you can stream it. You can get up Friday morning and watch it, or you can see it Friday after work. But you don't have to binge. For me, I'm a, I'm a married man. with a, I'm going to have a job and I'm a dad. I, can't, I don't have time to binge an entire series on a Friday night. So do you like the when they trickle them out once a week or would you rather it just give it all to me all at once? I like once a week. I yeah. I usually work on a Friday morning, so I usually don't get to see it till Friday afternoon or lunchtime anyway, UK time. Right. So I have to stay off social media that, that morning as well just so you know, I'm not getting spoiled by anything. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, that would be – that's the worst. And that's yeah. – 
I'm, I'm, especially when a new movie comes out, I have to be, I have to get the tickets for the first showing in my town because, and it's not, it's not because I have to see the movie that weekend. It's just, I don't want it spoiled. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Like it'd be so it, I mean, it makes things tense when it's midnight and you have to click on and you have to buy those tickets. But the nice part about this streaming, if you wake up in the morning, if you want to wake up an hour early and you want to watch it. When the Mandalorian first season came out, obviously we didn't have Disney Plus in the UK as well. So, you know, it was definitely difficult to see it. Oh, yeah. And also, wasn't didn't you have issues with Rebels too? Wasn't there something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that's... And how can you avoid months, I mean, six months of chatter online? Yeah, you, you, know. you can't really, you know, unless no. you just totally stay off social media. <laughs> yeah, but then you disappear and you get you don't talk yeah. to anybody for half a year. So yeah. that's no good. So um, tell, uh, tell us about the, your uh, your podcast. Oh, Cloud Car Copilot. Uh, I certainly would like to get more episodes out as I can. There's always a... Life gets in the way of recording that, but I'm certainly. Look, I've recorded uh, my late half of my latest episode a while back, and I'm going to record a full episode or get it get it finished. I'll hopefully, have an episode out, uh, hopefully, in a couple of weeks. And so, hopefully, want to get I get a bit more episodes out, you know. But podcasting is difficult for me because I, I have a learning disability, and you know, talking for a long while you know, is, is difficult for me. So, uh, but you know, I'll get there in the end. Well, you're doing a lot better than I do. Cause I've never, I've been doing podcasting for a while and I never ever do podcasts by myself. So that's you're you're a step ahead of me. Cause there's no, that's another level. So if it takes you a little while and plus you got to wait to have something to say, right? Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. tend to really not go the usual news route. I tend to, uh, have ideas for like a quirky nature of things, you know, like try and find angles of Star Wars that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in just, again, we're just having a quick sit down, a quick, uh, a quick chat. Is there anything you want to, you want to say to everybody? Like, uh, obviously, um, people know where to find you on Twitter, right? I think it's, uh, Larry Neal on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm positivity one on Instagram. And uh, Neil Larry on Facebook. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, subscribe to Cloudcar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm subscribed and I, and I, and I love them when I, it's actually, it's a nice treat when you see when they pop up because it's kind of like a nice surprise from your friend, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice positive surprise when you get it. Yeah. All right, Neil. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. And uh, and hopefully, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to see you at the uh, Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to thank you for being a positive influence in the Star Wars community as well. I mean, you do a great job, and you should be more, uh, get more praise for it, which you, which you do. You know, So thank you for what you do. I, I, I Coming from you, I really appreciate that, Neil. That is fantastic. All right, everybody. So um, uh, stay tuned. Um, you're going to hear a chat. I get to talk with Matt Salvatore about the new Justice League, or sorry, the Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. Um, that's where normally the SWC is, you know, the Star Wars Commonwealth. But if you notice, I added a plus. I kind of stole that from Disney. So 
we're going to have a little Justice League talk after this. So, so Neil, thank you very much. This has been awesome. Thank you. This is something I've been looking forward to in a, for a very long time, and this is way overdue. Um, since uh, I stopped doing the Roman podcast, and since last episode of the Showrunners podcast I do with uh, Mark Godsev, uh, Kyle from the Tumbling Saber, and of course Tim from the Nerd Room, which is an all-around nerd fest, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I needed a little bit more time. <laughs> dive into this one. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go too deep. Maybe we have like a quick half hour conversation. And uh, this is the first time I'm actually gonna flex our new plus. As most people know, we were the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Now we're the Star Wars Commonwealth Plus Group. Not a network, but a group. But the plus. Yeah, I'm, uh, we may have stole it from Disney Plus, but it gives <laughs> us it gives us that out. So. On this roundtable for the first time, we're not gonna this just this interview, this talk. We're not gonna talk uh, Star Wars. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I would be remiss. I I I had to choose thinking who, who am I gonna talk to about this? Uh, well, one person's name came to mind. Um, Matt Knight of the Commonwealth. How you doing, Matt? Are you ready to talk? This is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ahoy, ahoy! Yes, definitely. It is a treat to be back with you talking dc this time though yeah this is great um i i was really inspired you did a a three-hour chat with mark godseff one time about uh um, batman v superman yes yeah you know, so and your your deep dives and everything we're not going to go three hours people don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but uh long awaited as everybody knows justice league came out um midway through the uh filming um, Jack Snyder had an unfortunate family uh, incident, um, which he he tried to carry on, but realized he just couldn't. And and Josh Whedon took over, and we got what we got. And <laughs> it was panned by critics. It was just it was you know it was for me when I saw the the, the original film in 2017, I saw my heroes on the big screen, so I was just happy to see it there. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, was it Infinity War? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was it, you know what I mean? But it was, it was that ending shot where we saw Superman, Batman, Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman looking off the the mountain. I mean, it was like, oh, that's what I've, I've always wanted that. Mm-hmm. So uh, when rumors started and, of course, uh, the community got together and started the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, which, uh, Matt, you – you were a very big proponent. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time I see him on Twitter, <laughs> that was your hashtag. <laughs> so here we are. We got his vision. Four hour epic released on HBO Max. Um, so Matt, I, I, I anybody that follows you on Twitter knows, but uh, did you like the, the Snyder Cut? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think I've ever had such a uh, emotional experience watching a film just seeing it as it was intended was something surreal yeah it was uh it was crazy and and again i'm I'm, again we're not we're we're not here to uh to you mean just gush over zach snyder but i've been a fan of his for a long time and he this is the problem with dc they tried to play catch up with the MCU. 
Yeah. And this is what, this is what disappointed me. It's like, okay, they're the Avengers, Avengers films are awesome. Where, what's ours? Uh, Justice League, go, go, go. It's like, yep. they didn't take the time and build the universe like the MCU did. Well, know? I would say that if you looked at what was going on with Warner Brothers and Zack, Zack was trying to tell a story and Warner Brothers was trying to catch up to Marvel. So Zach took a Nolan approach where he said, I'm going to tell a story and I'm going to, it's going to involve these characters in this movie and it's going to follow this arc. And Warner brothers is like, yeah, yeah, get, get, get to the, get to the the point, get to the billion dollar films. And I think the problem with that was, is that they tried to push Zach to get, I mean, I, I think Zach was going to take it, you know, the, the, the movies that he was going on justly was going to be his third film. But I think, they wanted that that push, you know. It's, it's very clear that with Batman v Superman, they were pushing for Batman to fight Superman, and that was their like, you know, the, they gave their notes to the director. That was one Batman must fight Superman in this film, and so Zach had to build a movie around that. So it was he was kind of forced yeah, into it, exactly. But and also too, yeah, we I realize the HBO one is four hours, but it does have parts to it, so you can. Take it in, I mean, bite size. You know, yes. what, six parts altogether? Six, yes. Five or six, yeah. So five or six act- and then an epilogue, I think. Yeah, so you can actually just, you can consume it that way. You can consume it like you're binging a, uh, how many of us turned on a, on an actual series, The Expanse or or Breaking Bad or something. And actually, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian and actually sat up four hours later and go, oh, wow, I've been watching this show for four hours. That's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, yeah. so, and- this Snyder cut serviced, I mean, not like an independent movie, but he had to introduce the flash. He had to introduce cyborg. He had to, he was the one that introduced uh, Aquaman. We forget now that we've got a standalone, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was all, all that was in there. And then he had to make, introduce all these characters, make all the stakes high enough. Mm-hmm. where at the end. We're all invested in, in what they, what we had to lose. Like that's right. Big ask for a two and a half hour theatrical release. Mm-hmm, definitely directed, directed by two very different directors, yes. Josh Whedon. And again, I I I was a big fan of the adventure films. I'm not poo pooing Josh Whedon. It's just you can't. You know what I mean? It, yeah. you, you can't. You know I mean do that? Be it, it just wouldn't taste the same, right? Well, it's 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 a very difficult task to ask a, another director with his own style to come in and mesh. You know. I think it's it's an impossible task that uh, I think most directors would would have turned down, but um, hey, it, it is a complicated it is a complicated process to kind of mix everything. You know, Zach was talking uh, about Army of the Dead uh, recently, and he had to do some he had to add in a character, I think, and that character was all shot CGI. You know, with the CGI background, he was saying it was so difficult for him to fit that character back in because the lighting was different. The, you know, he had natural lighting on set and here he's working on a, on a CGI stage. And so he was just talking about how difficult that is. So I can only imagine having to add in uh, new scenes, new characters that Whedon did uh, that it just, it just wouldn't match. Their styles are vastly different as well. Well, yeah. And it, it pulls you out of the movie too. Like, you mm-hmm. mean like, especially when um, we all know that from uh, rise of Skywalker, Good movie, entertaining Star Wars movie, lots of action. But the Leia scenes, yeah, it was like 
whoever was playing off the dialogue, and again, they did what they had to. They didn't use CGI. They took old um, clips of Carrie Fisher and spliced her in. But the problem is it's like Daisy Ridley would have all this exposition and while talking to Leia. Well, he, as you know, Leia, blah, 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 and then Leia would be like, yeah, droids do that. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, and, and again, it, it was, I, I, I completely understand. I love what they did with it, but it, it's, it's just something the the movie magic is gone when we know yeah. that's happening. You're, you're burdened by knowledge. Oh yeah. Very much. So. Yeah. We were, yeah. we, we saw how my meal was cooked and I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, so for me, was this a, this wasn't a George Lucas style fix. Like this isn't like, Oh, I made a movie 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Now I want to make it the way I can with my, because I have tons of money in CGI. This was, um, Stephen Wolf looked fantastic in this one. Oh, when, didn't. when it was poo pooed in the, in the theatrical release, Superman and all the, all the, all everything that's intertwined with him. And he comes out with the black, mm. black. and again, any, mm-hmm. these are all, and for DC fans, it's like, <gasps> you start clutching your pearls. It's like, yes. Yeah. Um, biggest takeaway from this, from this movie. Well, a, we got to do deep dives because it's four hours into the characters he had to characters he had to introduce and the signature Zack Snyder music that, yeah, some it, some people thought it went a little long because yeah you could cut it down if you had to squeeze if you had to make the movie three mm-hmm. hours twenty minutes you could do it but it adds those beats add so much yeah to for for Zack Snyder just like the it's uh well I think just as a, as a DC fan you want you know I th- I don't think anybody's ever going to say they don't want more content of these characters interacting. You know, ever since the Justice League animated show, all I ever wanted to do was see these characters interact on the live action big screen, you know. And so just seeing whether it's something simple like Diana and Alfred making tea together, I'm like, yes, two hours more of this cooking show, please. You know, and just like <laughs> little things like that. And I think each character with the time that Zach was doing, I mean, I, I could have been shorter. It could have been. But like at this point, this was Zach's party. Right. You know, this was this was his his stage. and he however he wanted it. So um, I think each character was serviced so well with these little scenes and moments that were allowed to breathe. You know, I think uh, the part with the flash where he's talking to his father um, in the theatrical cut, it felt very like da, 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 da. And then I felt like with this one, there was moments where they were pausing in between and they were just talking and the conversation felt a little more organic than it, it felt like it wasn't on, on fast forward. Yeah, and for those, let's say if uh, if you're into music, anybody that reads music knows a lot can be said by using the rests and and the parts where you're not playing than when the parts you are playing. It, it like you said, it gives it, it 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 breathes life into this, and especially for DC, it's supposed to have that. It's supposed to have that darker feel. Yes. You mean, and it's and I'm not. I love the MCU. You can like both. You can like yeah. bl- you can like blondes and you can like brunettes. It's okay. You don't have to choose. You, know, like, <laughs> you don't have to. You may have a preference, but that you don't. It's not like I'm a right. I'm, I'm a I'm a leg man, and that's it, and nothing else. That's what has to. I mean, no, you don't. There's only a <laughs> deals and absolutes, right? So, um, 
So uh, for me, it's like, it's just, it can be different. Uh, back yes. in the day, we used to say stuff like Star Wars was rock and roll. Star Trek movies were like going to the opera. Even because mm. it had that Star Trek movies tried to give it that grandiose thing when Star Wars, it's like, pew, 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 shoot them up. And that's, that's great. You can mm-hmm. like both. It's okay. And I think it also, I think both sides can play with that. You know, I think it's okay if, if, if they both use that, I think the having a story that interweaves uh, comedy and darker elements yeah. eventually comes out better. You know, I think some of the moments in the MCU infinity war, like Thanos chucks his daughter off a cliff. I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, dark. it doesn't get much darker than that. Yeah, exactly. And it, it but it, it was done so well. And for me, like watching this, cyborg got his due in the snipe oh for it was sure. like wow like just there's so much there right yes. it was just uh, when when i watched the theatrical release i th- i thought oh i need the cyborg flash buddy movie buddy yep. cut movie now it's like no no i can have a standalone of each like it's yep. it's uh, and cyborg as a character he came out in the 80s well his abilities as we know as technology and the internet and everything else has surfaced since then mm his power set means something completely different now. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. Well, like in, in, in just those scenes where Silas is talking with, with that awesome, you know, discussion that he's having about cyborg's powers, mm-hmm. he's basically telling cyborg the world he in, in a way, if you look at it, cyborg on an individual and uh, human level is more powerful than Superman, you yeah. know, cause he can change everything, fire every nuclear weapon. And just like that, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's crazy the, yeah, the amount of power he has. Exactly. And and I am also this movie. I know we're jumping all over, but again, we're not going to get into a three hour. We're not going to where this isn't a an, isn't a commentary. <laughs> you know right, mean? Right. We don't, oh, we're yeah. not recording for four hours. So um, all the little tiny Easter eggs, the uh, the pregnancy test from Lois. And yes. Then, um. Uh, Bruce Wayne telling Clark Kent at the end of the movie, oh, yeah, congrats, by the way, when they're moving yeah. uh, Ma Kent back into the, into and, the house. And Lois has got a basket, you know, a little, yes. she's wearing a little baby basket. Yeah, and uh, what what else? Uh, the Atom? Yes. You know I mean? Like, it just... And the crazy thing about the Atom was, is I thought he was getting a cameo, but he had like a, 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 a like an, not an arc, but he had pivotal moments in the, in the movie. Like, I thought he was just going to be like, oh, hi, Silas, and then walk yeah. off but he's he's talking to silas and they're you know they make the laser it's just crazy that he he's missing from the the theatrical yeah well he set up how they were going to track yeah right, when, right. when when cyborg's dad um uh, sacrifices himself the atom is the one that put the id in his head now you're looking at the hottest thing on earth now yep and not no not his prom when he was at his prom like he joked about but like the actual yep. box when they hit the laser with it right yeah. Oh, and, and taking uh, Silas's death, how like Doctor Manhattan did that look? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh snap. Yeah, yeah I could back see in that. his Watchmen roots. Also, too. Again, I know we're jumping all over Martian Manhunter. I know, right? Why? <laughs> he was in the Man of Steel. It, you know, it's crazy. People are always uh, they're 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 asking about why didn't he help? Right. Right. You know, there's the obviously Zod's flying around doomsday. Right. And a lot of people are like, well, why didn't why didn't Manhunter jump into this? Uh, I think the thing about it is, is that Zach took these characters and they weren't heroes in the beginning. Right. So you look at Manhunter and he's this alien 
who's his world from what we know about Manhunter, his world's destroyed, right? So he's just hiding out. He's not a hero, right? And so he's just kind of doing his thing, learning about humans. And then after he sees all these other humans, especially Superman, he's inspired to become a hero. You know, I think that's one of the awesomest things that I love about what Zach did with Superman was that everybody that comes in contact with Superman gets better, right? You know, Bruce is in a dark place. He's back to hope. Wonder Woman gave up. She's back. Uh, The bully that he was bullying him on the bus, who he saves from the water, comes and gives him his hand. You know, like it's like this thing where uh, they, you know, they see the better parts of Superman kind of lifting them up and giving them hope. And I think that speaks so much to it. Absolutely. Um, What else did we? Oh, my, uh, the Flash during his dog walker interview. And, oh, oh, that's awesome! And he, you know, and 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 the debut of a uh, West, like, like yes, she, you know what I mean, like, uh, there's a there's an accident, and also too, um, in the X Men movies, Quicksilver, that was a pretty awesome and funny, but very well done in both of those X Men movies of of Definitely. someone someone who's faster than. The speed of light, right? You mean like he was as he as he was running around when they were when they're busting out Magneto from the Pentagon, or when he was saving all the kids from the from the, the uh, mansion, the, the mansion. Yeah, those really are well scenes. done and super awesome scenes. So the Flash. Now that we've we've got that we in the theatrical release, we got the scene with him and Bruce Wayne in the Flash's little apartment or whatever he's wherever he's living. Yeah, but. When he says, he goes, oh, so you're really fast. He's like, I think that's an oversimplification. Like it just, it separates, it separates the Flash from Quicksilver. Are they similar characters? Of course they are. Yeah. But he, they couldn't do a carbon copy of the X-Men films. For sure. And and both great, but both very different and both very well done. Well, like how Zach defined uh, the Flash, he goes, he's a cosmic character. And that's what he is. He's, he's, he's a speedster on a cosmic level like he can change space-time reality right because he's mm-hmm. i mean we see him do it yeah but i really love i really love that moment with iris because it's like that time stood still when they met and it really kind of shows that these two people are like you know written in the cosmos kind of uh feeling you know that they mm-hmm. that the, everything kind of just slows for him as he sees this happen and i think yeah. that's really awesome well, yeah, and that's yeah. It's almost like a it's it's a play on love at first sight type thing. I mean, it's like that exactly. That your, your heart exactly. stops, time stands still. I mean, when you see yeah, that, exactly. You see that, your your future partner across the room, like, it's one of those. Yeah. yeah, it's a great. And again, done very well. Him busting through the glass. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, like, and then it turns liquid right as he's going through. Like it yeah. becomes like this. Like he's superheating it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The Fan- detail on this is amazing. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, anything, anything that you again? They had four hours, and, and again, we've been begging for the Snyder cut forever. So we're not going to be like, yeah, it was great. But um, <laughs> what, is there something else you you would have wanted? Any takeaways you would want out of this? Like something more? Well, we, again, we again, not that we're being greedy. We don't want to ask oh. for more. But is there something, another introduction, or I mean, like, is oh, there oh, oh, something else we could talk about? Dark side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't go past Dark Side in a DC film. I mean, it's it's crazy when when I remember when Zach released the storyboards 
and he was releasing pictures in black and white and stuff like that. And, and it be, kind of became more clear that more and more we were going to see dark side. And so at first I thought we were only going to see the mural of him and wonder woman was holding that torch and mm-hmm. she was looking at him. I'm like, Oh wow. That's a cool little forte of what's to come. And then we realized he was in the history lesson. I'm like, Oh, awesome. And then I start thinking, okay, so we see him in the past. And then to find out that he's actually playing scenes with Steppenwolf and you actually see him with his, with his uh, granny goodness and Dasad. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's like a Superman animated series right there where he's talking to Dasad and Dasad's giving him lip. And he's like, shut up, Dasad. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. just stuff like that, that you're just like, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the also too, it gave us that Loki Thanos look between Stefan Wolf and, and the, the, the bigger bad, you mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and now granted the MCU had 21 movies to keep them on the, keep Thanos on the bench. You mean they yeah. only have to bring them in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but this is again, uh, again, it was rushed. I mean, we could have led up if they had 20 movies, they could have led up to dark side. Like that would have been, yeah. DC. Well, I think you only really get Thanos's motivations and his uh, his arc. I think only really starts in Infinity War. Yeah. I think the I think the 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 two teases that he gets with the past past Avengers films uh, kind of whet your appetite. But I don't think they they said and most of it's actually kind of reconned later anyway. So. Well, yeah, and so it's at, what I was getting at. It's the bigger bad. Yeah. No, well, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like that's one of those. One well, of those it's things. it's it hints at something more, you know, especially at the end when Darkseid's like. We're doing it the old way. Get the Armada. I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking of the old way, how about that extended scene of the, the, the everybody from earth? The Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say though, what I really, really loved about it was that when you see, like when they talk about the tribes of men, you see all the different tribes of men. Like, yes. I feel like that was so cool that you saw like humanity united against this, this force. So I thought that was kind of cool, but sheesh, I just, the whole scene was awesome. Green Lanterns, Aries, what? Yep. I'm like, ah! And yeah, and we saw, and they, again, they just hinted at it, but you saw when uh, when Darkseid killed the lantern, um, you saw the ring pop up, and he tries yeah. to grab it and misses yeah. it, and it's, whoop, it's off, it yeah. goes, right? And he we w- all know where it's going, like. Yeah. Well, he we don't know who it's going to, but we all know the meaning behind it. Yeah. And how about, how about, uh. How about Darkseid getting his butt handed to him by the old gods? Yeah, Ares. Yeah. Puts an axe uh, in his shoulder, right? his trap. <laughs> Man, that looked like it hurt so bad. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I so- love that part where he rips the axe out and he kicks him. And it had like such a 300 vibe. Yes. Yeah. Felt yeah. super 300. Yeah. And also, um, do you think the, uh, the after party... After the battle, the celebration, like the old gods do, um, more more the Norse gods do this, like Thor, buddy. But at the after party, after the battle, you think that's when uh, Wonder Woman was conceived? Yeah, probably. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. Zeus was there, and and we saw the queen. Like, yeah, when, like I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah, you mean know, one too many uh, gauntlets of mead there, partying up there. Yeah, after. yeah. Everyone's high on victory. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the movie we need. Yeah, <laughs> no, we go. don't need that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see more set in that time, though. Yes. Like, I'd love to see, uh, especially with what Zach did with the Amazons when they're fighting Steppenwolf. Yeah. I'd love to see, um, and Wonder Woman hints at it in the, in the, I think both in the movie and in the Snyder Cut, where men betray the Amazons. Yeah. I'd love to see what happened there. 
Absolutely. It's one of those, it's a weird thing with comic book movies. Like, cause, and again, obviously I'm a huge star Wars fan. When we watch the star Wars movies and television adaptations and, and, and TV shows and, and the animated stuff, we always, we're always looking for the novel to tie everything in or the comic book to tie everything in. But with, with Marvel and DC, we have all the tie-ins. Right. I mean, we know why all this is there. We know we don't need it answered. Well, what's the big deal if if Darkseid missed grabbing the lantern ring? Like, right, like, right. It's like we, we already know that. We've had, you know, 50 years of lantern. We're like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> like, so it's it's just this, it's a weird thing when it and you have to have a, a movie that satisfies the general public because you don't right. you're not gonna get a billion dollars at the box office if everybody doesn't mildly like it right um and and also too you know you're not going to get uh like you, you're still going to satisfy all the people that that have are ready for the deep dive yeah oh for sure everyone has to be everyone's got their their take on it and it's a juggling act i would imagine nothing definitely one i wouldn't want to be a part of <laughs> no no absolutely and also to um because of um the streaming formats like we've we've got this on hbo max because of now anything can be done on screen. Like back when in the seventies, like my, I remember going to the theater to see the first Superman movie and was like, Holy shoot. Somebody's flying on TV <laughs> on, on the screen. Like, right? Cause they had to do the test screen. They had to do the test footage. And then the director's like, okay, can we make Christopher Reeve fly convincingly? Okay. Now we can make this movie. Now we know it can be. Spider-Man movies weren't made until they could do it, until after Star Wars prequels, where they were like, oh, the technology is out there now. Yeah. So, But also, too, just because you put the Star Wars logo on a movie poster or just because you put the Superman S or the Batman logo doesn't guarantee you the number one movie of the year anymore. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's just so many more superheroes out there now, you know, I mean, Batman Batman is, is a draw, but he's got to compete with Captain America. He's got to compete with Iron Man. And these guys are big too. Uh, You know, I think Batman has uh, a unique ability to be James Bond, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. this thing where a new character, a new actor can play him. And we all still kind of have that thing. Whereas I think Iron Man, you kind of have a, going to have a hard time getting past Robert Downey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but, absolutely yeah. but uh i think the 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 crazy thing about like having just a logo is that yeah you're right it does it does especially now people are very well especially when it comes to zach people examine his movies with a fine tooth comb to find out that it's not their superman superman would never say this or something like that i know i know we we've been dealing that forever superman too when he threw his his s Oh at, yeah. Uh, at what's his name? <laughs> it's, it's so funny that Superman has been in movies where you've had another director come back and finish his old movie, you know, yeah. the Donner cut and yeah. now the Snyder cut. It's like something's up with Superman It's because WB doesn't let the director do it. Exactly. Doesn't see his vision. All right. Again, this was a huge us just gushing over the movie. And, and for those people looking for critical examination, sorry, <laughs> this, this, this is me using my podcast to shoehorn in a Zack Snyder conversation. So final thoughts, uh, Matt, what, what are your, um, now that we've got to talk about this a little bit, uh, what are your, uh, again, we know you loved it. Uh, also too, obviously we would love to see the Snyder universe continue. Right. For sure. 
because it's just so much there. So what are your, what are your final thoughts on this four hour epic? Uh, I'd say it gave me everything I thought the Snyder cut was going to be and more. I think uh, seeing, seeing this, the, the moments that I liked in the theatrical cut expanded and made even better, you know, seeing each character get its due, you know, Wonder Woman asking the little girl, if she's okay. Flash running as the ground is being created joker and batman finally having a conversation in in the snyder cut you know i think all these little things just added up to make it probably the ultimate justice league experience that i think that if if such reverence was treated with these characters and such mythos and everything was pulled together that I think it was just, uh, it's a, a masterpiece work of art. You know, it's cinema. It's why you go to the movies. It's why you watch these things is because you want to see these guys come to life on the big screen. So I absolutely loved it. I, I do hope that they restore the Snyder verse. Uh, I hope that we get to see where Zach was taking everything. And, uh, but as of right now, I am so happy to just keep rewatching this movie, you know, I think that it's, it's so rewatchable. Like you mentioned the parts. So I, I love it. I'm so thankful that we, we able to see Zach's vision finally realized. Absolutely. And for those poo-pooing the long movies, it's like, you mean some of the best rec- musical recordings in pop music aren't two and a half minutes that are going to fit on the radio. You yeah. mean like that's just and Zack Snyder's not one of those. You mean yeah. Stairway to Heaven, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, like all these vintage seventies songs, um, lots of Rush tunes up here in Canada. Like you can't, they some people just can't. They need you mean they need to write a seven minute song or they need a four hour movie. Well, <laughs> yeah. think of it like Infinity War and Endgame. One yes. doesn't work without the other. You know, you got it. Yeah, yeah, it's a come together. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. I, I love this. It's it's kind of um, if they're I don't know how anybody is going to top this Justice League movie. Like if they do a reboot, they would need to do the MCU 10 to 20 movie build up to even come close to making the stakes as high as Zach was able to do. In, yeah. Like, in in, a few in three movies. movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, there's some awesome trilogies out there. I've I spent a lot of time talking about in some old trilogy i i saw starting in a driving in 1977 with my parents <laughs> everyone drank yeah there we go <laughs> okay so uh uh matt thank you so much i appreciate hey, it thank I you i appreciate it but i i just had to gush over this and and i just i hope everybody else uh appreciate i love this movie as much as uh as we did so uh no thank matt, you we're gonna have to get you on the round table when we have uh more people definitely all right thank you so much sir thank you thank you have a good one you too.